Welcome in, one and all, everybody over on the network. Everybody's in. Big family. All getting together. We're all back. Reconvening. If you want to find us uh, on uh, Twitter, you can do it. At Bill underscore Michaels. At Bill underscore Michaels. Grant Bill's producing the program at Wisco Grant. You can find me on Instagram, The Bill Michaels Show. Also, uh, Facebook. Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook.com slash The Bill Michaels Show. Uh, there is YouTube. YouTube, which uh, I can't uh, ask you enough, please subscribe there. You can also uh, pay attention to us over there. YouTube.com slash Bill Michaels Show. YouTube.com slash Bill Michaels Show. Uh, same thing on Twitch TV. If you download the Twitch app or the Kick app, uh, same thing, Bill Michaels Show. Uh, email the program, thebillmichaels at gmail.com. Thebillmichaels at gmail.com. We are uh, upgrading our website. Uh, as we speak. So uh, keep checking that out, thebillmichaels.com, thebillmichaels.com. And um, the the Zone, W-O-Z-N, the Zone Madison. You can find uh, the app there, the Zone Madison. And also you can listen uh, after the fact on Spotify, Apple, iTunes, Google Podcasts, all the different podcast capability there as well. So, um, so that's it. Uh, plenty of different ways. There you go. Uh, the question from Elliot uh, before we went to the top of the hour break via email was, um, you know, what do I think of Matt LaFleur, basically? And is he on the hot seat? And will we see the real Matt LaFleur? I, uh, it's weird because I got that question similarly last night at our cigar dinner. And my, my answer is this. I think this year you will see more of the Matt LaFleur that was hired rather than the versions of the Matt LaFleur that we've seen over the last couple of years. I think Matt LaFleur came into this situation in a very tough spot. It was widely known that Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy were not getting along. Mike McCarthy was subsequently fired. There was a a divide, if you will, via the team. It was Team Rodgers or Team McCarthy. And many players began to go Team Rogers, offensively speaking. Um, so Matt Lafleur had to come into the Packers organization and really bond and build a relationship with Aaron Rodgers, and that's where the concentration was. That 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 was job one. And remember, the relationship was a priority with Brian Gutekunst, Russ Ball, Mark Murphy. Remember Mark Murphy and in the infamous words of, you know, hey, don't be the problem, Aaron, because temperamentally, I guess there was. It was relatively well known. So you had that as priority one, not just coaching. So he coaches, he builds a relationship. It's new. It's it's more innovative. It's more out of the Shanahan playbook. It ignites, it excites Aaron Rodgers, and they have a pretty good relationship in year one and had success. Um, I still go back to, and I, I, I bring it up all the time, the most significant thing for me early on with Matt LaFleur 
was early on in that season. It might have been game one or game two, but Rodgers rolling to his right, has Aaron Jones open over the middle. Devontae Adams starts out on a comeback route. He's covered. He then starts to kind of improvise, and he's moving around, and Rodgers is rolling out to his right, and he's pointing and pointing, and, and Devontae just can't get open at that moment in time. And Rodgers holds on, holds on, holds on, holds on. And the whole time, Aaron Jones is he, he's now ordered a pizza. He's bought a beer. A pitcher's been delivered to his table. He is grubbing down a good mu- mushroom, sausage, pepperoni pizza. And he's sitting in the middle of the field with his legs crossed, uh, sitting in a, in a reclining type of chair, enjoying the view from Lambeau Field's field. I mean, he was that wide open. And Rodgers then throws the ball out of bounds. Clearly, Aaron Jones was the secondary receiver. But Rodgers locked on Devontae and wanted Devontae. Rodgers throws the ball out of bounds. LaFleur rips the headset off around his neck, runs, I mean, sprints down the sideline, gets down to about the 20, and he's yelling. And Rodgers, with his hands out, like, what do you want me? He says, you can see it. Uh, you know, Mike Clemens and I are sitting there, and you could, we had the binoculars on him. You could see his mouth, but they showed it on TV. And it, he arms out, he says, what do you want me to do? And Matt LaFleur, when it quickly catches Matt LaFleur, looks right at him angrily and, and like, throw the effing ball. And I thought, there you go. That, he's not taking crap. That's a coach. He He's not going to allow Rodgers to do the I'm locking on one guy thing. He, damn it, do it this way. And I thought, boy, this is great. And they went on to a very successful season. And after that, that fire eroded. Oh, he'd get mad at other players, but it all it it all became the massaging of the relationship of Rodgers. More so, in my opinion, than it was just about football. Okay, so now fast forward to today. That is all gone. This is about strictly coaching up the next, bringing in youth, getting them up to speed, coaching them with their staff to the best of their ability, and getting this team ready to play football. And all the other stuff, while it may be cordial, it may be coach speak, and there's care and there's concern for everything away from the field as well. We know that, you know, coaches and, you know, and players have relationships. But it's not like it was. The 8-million-pound eight, eight gorilla is out of the room. So now it's back to coaching. So when I'm asked, what, what do I think of Matt LaFleur as a coach? I don't know yet because I want to see that Matt LaFleur running down the sideline, seeing his play that was designed to work and would have worked, getting into – a quarterback or a player to say this is how we we drew it up and you didn't run it the right way and i'm going to let you know about it and then do you make the same mistake twice or three times or five times or whatever so i i don't think we have totally seen the matt lafleur coach and the matt lafleur offense and i know he hates that but I, and i really don't care but I, 
Is he on the hot seat? No. Oh, the only time he's on the hot seat or any coach is on the hot seat is, is if you lose the team. If the team looks at you and goes, this guy's an idiot. This guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Or he he does things or says things that the players inside that locker room don't respect. And then if he, you know, th- there have been people that have said, yeah, you know, I did this wrong, but they won't admit it to the people that they wronged. You don't respect them. So if he loses the team, eh, then he's on the hot seat. But as far as being, you know, have we seen the best of Coach Matt LaFleur? I, I don't know. We'll find out a lot this season. Is he on the hot seat going into the season? No, not at all. He's had a lot of success through some really trying times. But it's it's a it's a deep, make-you-think type of question that I appreciate. Um, this was another question last night, and I, I wanted to – we had some great questions. The last question I answered last night, uh, and this guy brought this up and brought my own words back to haunt me, but when Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy first became the guys after the exodus of Brett Favre, I had said, doing the postgame show at the time, I had said Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers are now on the clock. That was in 2008. I said they are now on the clock because this is either going to work or it's going to be a dismal failure and everybody's going to be out of a job. Um, and, and a gentleman last night said, you said that, and, and asked me about, okay, now if you look at Matt LaFleur and, and Jordan Love, they're on the clock. What is the clock? And that was a great question. A great question last night. And I looked at it this way. I said, first of all, Jordan Love is on the clock. Matt LaFleur, yeah, to a certain extent, but Jordan Love's on the clock. Because this, this make no mistake about it, this can be a, a one-year deal. If he looks bad or looks like he just isn't going to get it, like mentally makes the same mistakes, makes the same poor throws, makes the same bad decisions, whatever, you know, he very well could find himself with serious competition in camp next year if they decide to draft, uh, move up in the draft and get themselves a quarterback. Say, Say there's a team that has a quarterback, but they just had a really terrible season, and they've already got their guy, but they're going to draft high for a wide receiver or a tight end or a defensive pass rusher or whatever. And and you get Aaron Rodgers, who plays 65% of the snaps, and you have not one but two first-round draft choices next year that you can trade, that is viable, you know, commodities to give to a team who could then end up with two or three first-round draft choices next year. You got to think that they could use that and parlay that into, say, a Caleb Williams at the top of the draft next year? So would you take Caleb Williams or Jordan Love? I think right now most of us would probably go Caleb Williams. I'm not a fan of Caleb Williams' attitude because I think he's so full of himself. I don't think the stadium's big enough to contain his ego. But he's talented. I can admit that. So that's why Jordan Love's on the clock. He's got he's to look like an NFL quarterback, and he's got to win games. Now, whether he has to win 12, 13, 10, 7, I, I don't know what the what the magic number is. But he's got to look like he's an NFL quarterback and that he's capable of ascending. So he's on the clock because his, his termination in that contract is in the immediacy or his success. 
So I think he's more, it's a little bit different circumstance at this point. Jason says, didn't we just get rid of a big ego? Yes, but that ego also came with a big contract. And the NFL will humble you in a heartbeat. If you can't walk the walk right away in the NFL, you, you know, no. No, maybe not. I don't think he's Cam Newton ego and flash and, and circumstance, but I just from the things that I've seen at USC, certain things in spotlight situations, it's, it kind of rubs you the wrong way. He makes it more about him than he does the team and stuff. Like, and that, that, it, that to me is, I don't know, that, that to me is, is, is bothersome a little bit. Maybe it's old school. I don't know. I appreciate a team being a team and not an individual being a look at me guy and kind of leaving everybody else in the dust. And that's kind of Caleb Williams right now because he knows he's the, he's the show at USC. Uh, 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, if you got an opinion, you got a question, you got a comment, we would love to hear from you. Phone lines, absolutely positively wide open, wide open at this point. Give us a shout. We would love to hear from you. Uh, This portion of the program brought to you buddy, buddy, by our buddy, Mikey Whitcomb over there at exit realty. Call Mikey, whether you're in Milwaukee, Ozaki, Jefferson County, Waukesha County, he can get you done. That's Mikey Whitcomb. He's the guy that went through, I think it was 12 houses before I landed on the house that I currently reside in. And he put up with all my crap and gave me some great advice, some great knowledge, and uh, really worked the deal for me the best he could. 414-243-1976. 414-243-1976. Again, 414-243-1976. That's Mikey Whitcomb and Exit Realty. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisconsin tonight on the docket a small single portion Al Capone roast I uh, tonight's gonna be beautiful outside uh, I got some running around to do afterwards I got uh, a couple of meetings and I got a couple things I have to errand wise I have to take care of but I'm gonna stop down at Robert's specialty meats because I'm gonna be down that way as well but I'm gonna stop there getting a personal Al Capone roast big salad and uh, they have uh, fresh asparagus down there too so I'm gonna grab some of that Coming home, going to turn the TV on in the patio out back. When we were out in uh, in Deadwood, uh, out in Sturgis this past uh, week, I uh, went to Deadwood Tobacco Company, and they got a, a couple of new cigars, and one is called a Midnight Oil. It's one of the best cigars I've ever had, and it's going to be rebranded under a different name, but they had a special release just for Sturgis. But got a cigar, and I've got the Al Capone roast. I got a salad couple of beverages. I'm going to put my feet up on another chair across from me. I'm going to eat. going to watch some TV. Probably watch some of the fantasy stuff that's going on on uh, the NFL Network. And uh, and I'm going to relax tonight. I got some stuff to do outside. I'm probably going to take the laptop outside with me. But uh, that's my night tonight. 
You know, Bill, you said you were making a single roast. I, I, yes. I don't want to limit you. If you want to make more food, I can come over and help you eat it. Like, I don't <laughs> I don't want you to feel limited you know, because you don't have enough people to feed. I can help you thing, out. Here's the thing, Grant Bills. You are correct because you are now, what, 48 minutes for me, I think, from, uh, from oh, yeah. door to door? Not yeah. far at all. I mean, I can get anything you need. You need someone to to take the RV out for a cruise because the batteries sure. get low. Or, you know, if the beer is yeah. going to go old and get, and get spoiled in your fridge, I can help you with, with a great many things. You just got to send me a text. I, You know, whenever you want to uh, swing over this way, you, you let me know, and I will have something ready to go. But that's my night tonight. I've heard so about you, the uh, the Robert Specialty Meats ribs on a stick forever. The the ribs on a stick are, uh, and I kid you not, I took we took three pounds with us out to Sturgis, and uh, I had we had friends with us, and one of our friends had never had them before, and he's like, "What are these things?" And I said, "They take the rib meat, they take them off the bone, they they cook these things, they smoke them, they slow roast them, they take them off the bone, they skewer them, and then they put them in this." This marinade, this this sauce slash whatever oil marinade. You don't need to do anything to them. You literally take them, pick them up, put them on a grill, and you don't need to really cook them, cook them, because they've already been cooked. So you just need to, like, brown them a little bit, warm them up, put them on the grill, and oh, my God. So I said, here you go. So I gave them the first, and the, the first one was, like, this big, juicy rib meat dripping with sauce, and... He's like, okay, let's try these things. And he's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I said, I told you. It's like eating ribs without the issue of pulling them off the pulling them off the bone. You can put them in more sauce if you want to. Now, what I like to do is I take some sauce. I get our sauce from our Burn Pit Barbecue guys. Although Robert's has sauce, too, but I get Burn Pit Barbecue sauce. That's a little more spicy. And I take a tin of that, a little tin, like, bucket. And I pour some in the bucket, and then I set that on the grill. Until I get one bubble, because then I know it's it's hot. Once you get that one, bloop, like a tar pit type of bubble, you know it's hot in there, because here comes the, the air coming out of the bubbles. So you take it off, and you know it's warm, and then all you do is you take the rib on a stick, you da- drizzle some of that stuff on there, and oh, my God, that's that's a whole different experience in, in rib meat. So, yeah, we will get you over for some ribs on a stick, an Al Capone roast, Al Capone sausage, you can do the, and I can go on and on with all the different stuff that, that they have down at Robert's Specialty Meats, but my God, such good stuff. Go to robertspecialtymeatswaukesha.com. Sounds like, uh, you know, eventually, now, when's the next time you're coming this way, Grant? Well, I'm uh, I'm taking a vacation day next week, so Stone Cold Austin's going to help you out, because I'm going to a brewer game with a big group next Wednesday. I haven't been to a game okay. yet this summer. Uh, and some friends hit me up, and I'm like, I don't normally like doing middle-of-the-week Brewers games, but I haven't been to one, so next week, right. I guess, next Wednesday. Okay. Well, next Wednesday. I don't know what the hell I'm doing next week. Oh, Wednesday. Next Wednesday is Wednesday Night Live. Ooh. I've never been to Wednesday you, Night Live. You, you want to go to that? You can make it a double dip. I was going to say, I could cross a couple things off my list next week. So this is what you do. is You, you come into town, you go to the Brewers game, come over to the house afterwards, and then go down to Wednesday Night Live for a while with me, and then, you know, about 9 o'clock, you head back home. Catch yeah, part a, of Wednesday Night Live, and then you head back home. That's a good day. That's a really good day. That's a banner day. Yeah, that sounds like a blast. Actually, we're going to be um, doing some stage stuff for uh, Wednesday Night Live, because I think uh, next Wednesday is, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's Rebel Grace is playing on the stage, and then uh, the following Wednesday is Bella Kane. Okay. So two really well-followed bands, and if the weather's good, man, the nights are going to be packed. And you're getting up on stage? Uh, 
Yeah, I'm doing some stuff for the motorcycle ride. I saw pictures of you at Sturgis. It looked like you were hyping up the crowd like at a, like at a WWE event. You got the yeah. mic and you're getting the crowd right. I'm like, holy smokes, Bill. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty cool. Yeah. It, it, I got to admit, I, look, I, I did the halftime show for Packers games uh, for years and years and years for Chevy. And uh, that was great. Uh, and that's your, you know, your 70 plus thousand people, you know, for something like that. And, uh, you know, you, you do get a chance to do that kind of, but when you go to a rock concert and you are the one that is then not only preaching your stuff, but then opening for the band, you know, introducing the band and the place is going crazy. There, there's a, there's an adrenaline rush to that. That is just off the charts. It's just really cool. But they had, um, they had probably 20 grand, 20,000 people there for, uh, for Jackal. So. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty cool. It was pretty neat. A lot of people, and when they, which, what's really cool is, you get a lot of response off of that because they're all motorcycle riders, and uh, we ended up not only did uh, we uh, get some recognition off of that with riders, Easy Rider Magazine, which is one of the biggest motorcycle magazines in the country, uh, did a whole piece on it, um, on the ride and how it's grown over the years. And we started with forty two bikes, and now we're you know, at God, you know, we were almost 1,100 last year and eight and a half miles worth of motorcycles. And it was a really nice article uh, that was written in, uh, in Easy Rider magazine. So it was kind of cool, kind of neat. So anyway, there you have it. I digress. Uh, I digress. Um, the, what else do we have here for you? Uh, this is from uh, Kathy. Kathy said, did you watch Hard Knocks last night? I have not. Uh, I haven't because I was doing the cigar dinner. I traveled up and back last night to uh, Chippewa Falls. I'm going to sit down hopefully tonight. That's going to be one of the things that I pop up on the television before the Brewers game. So I have not. I don't want to hear about it. Don't tell me about it yet because I just I, I haven't had a chance to catch the episode. But I but I will. So we'll see. Uh, 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Um, what else do we have here for? Oh, by the way, coming up here shortly, we will have Matt LaFleur. We'll have his presser today and some of the comments he's made. Uh, this one is from Chuck. Chuck says, uh, hey, Bill, uh, not only did you make me hungry, but you fired me up for this season with Matt LaFleur and what his offense is going to look like. Do you think it's going to look much different from what he was running with Aaron Rodgers and Rodgers' control over the offense? I don't. That's just it. I don't know. I don't know what control Rodgers had over the offense. If you go by what Rodgers said, he had an either-or play. Every time he went to the line of scrimmage, he had an either-or. So one or the other, okay. So if, if that's the case, then you've already seen the majority of the Matt LaFleur offense. What I'm interested to see, now this is, the, here's some things to think about. When they face it, let, let's say at, once they get out of the first 15 or 20 plays that are scripted, the offense got very blasé, specifically at the end of the season last year, last four or five games. So I want to see the creativity throughout an entire game. That's what I'm looking for. Also, and this to me is the biggest thing, because you're going to face more of this this year, you would assume. When this team has had success, early on they go down, they score, whether it's a field goal, touchdown, whatever, and they get up a little bit and they're starting to really kind of feel it, and then they face adversity. Fumble, pick, whatever. It's like this team goes in its protective shell. We saw it against Tampa Bay. We saw it against San Francisco. We saw it against Detroit. They just collapse. They just collapse. There's a mentality there, and I don't know what, I don't know if it's play calling and going, oh, my God, conservative, we can't do that again, or if it's, if it was Rodgers, I, I don't know. But I want to, that's one of the things specifically I want to see, that if this team faces adversity, do they come out aggressive 
after the fact and say, no, we're not going to let this define us? Or is this going to be a team that again and again and again and again, continuously under Matt LaFleur's tutelage, goes into a shell? That's another thing that I want to see. And that, that to me, is a really big issue this year. 877-867-1670. Hit us up. We've got more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. summer go don't get me wrong i mean we we've had a lot of great experiences this year and done a lot of really cool stuff but man this this summer has completely flown by um you know when you're kids you want the summer to drag so you don't have to go back to school and when you get old uh you want the summer to drag so you don't have to deal with the cold and because god knows nobody wants to snow shovel snow and uh you the first thing you think is Oh, holy mackerel. Um, coming out of Lambeau Field after a Monday night game or a Thursday night game or a Sunday night game, and you turn the corner, and you've got that howling wind in late December or January. You're wearing a long overcoat, and you've got your you know, scarf around your neck, but you breathe in, and you go, because <gasps> it takes your breath away because you hit that cold air, and you're like, boy, this sucks. I can't wait till summer. That's the first thing. Kristen loves the fall. She loves the fall. She loves falling leaves. She loves bonfires, you know, hot cocoa with a little bit of, you know, something, something in there, all that. She loves it. Me, I give me hazy, hot, and humid, 78 degrees at night. I'll take that every damn day of the week, big time. But uh, she's a fall person, so fall and, fall and winter. I am a, a summer Spring, yes. Summer, fall. I like football, but psh, give me summer. If if you will, all year round, I take it in a heartbeat. Take it in a heartbeat. Hey, uh, speaking of fall and football, I'm at the floor at the podium a little bit earlier today. Let's take a listen to what the head coach had to say. Coach, I don't know if you've talked about this, but who approached who about this week? Did you talk to Bill after the game last year? Did you guys talk at the owners' meeting? How did that, how did that work out? Um. I, I'm pretty sure that we reached out. You know, he's a guy that you always want to go against people that you respect, and obviously he's been able to bend the model of consistency in this league for a long time, and they've had a lot of success. And uh, I think he's, I mean, it's its no secret, he's highly regarded as one of the greatest coaches of all time. So why not try to steal a little piece from how they do things and, and just get a, uh, a closer look at it? I know you've talked about Carrington a few times, but you know you look at the history of late round three out picks at that position. It's slow going, right? Um, kind of based on your experience, what, what's made him kind of stand out, maybe compared to some other guys who, you know, a bunch of little guys. Yeah, I mean, every every person's different. Um, 
I think he's a guy that obviously has a lot of talent, and um, I think he's approached it the right way. I think G Money and and Hoodie are doing a great job with him, and he's getting a lot of opportunities um, based on you know, especially with a guy like Stokes being out, and he's taking full advantage of those, and he keeps every practice he, he makes a play. I mean, you guys saw at the end of the last practice we had making that pick six, and um, he just he's he's super talented, and he, he's just maximizing those ops. Grant Dubose had that long layoff when he's been back on the practice field a couple days. I guess where do you think he's at, and what are your early impressions of what you've seen of him on the field? Yeah, I've been really impressed with Grant. Especially, you never quite know when uh, a guy's missed that much time. I mean, we haven't seen him at all any live exposure, and for him to be able to get in there in some situations, and um, we knew in the classroom he was really sharp. I mean, he was on top of everything, asking a ton of questions and always reaching out to Vrabel. And I think, you know, Jason Vrabel does a heck of a job with that room. And But he's he's getting in there um, and taking advantage of those those opportunities as well. Um, just knowing what to do, playing fast, definitely has aggressive hands. So we're excited about him. You have a guy like uh, Carrington. Who's at a position where guys don't come off the field, right? I mean, like corners play all 70 snaps or whatever. And if he's not in your top three, do you have to somehow find a way to just get him on the field in some way, shape, or form? Yeah, I think I think we definitely have to look at something because he's he's done a lot up to this point. And, again, he's he's got to keep progressing. Um, you know, there's, there's still a lot of ball – in front of us in terms of practices we got two more preseason games so we'll, we'll just see how he progresses but up to this point he's, he's worthy of um, getting some snaps for sure we know what you like to say about the offensive line is the best five regardless of position. Yeah, have I said that before yeah okay once or twice the same way that you approach the secondary or is that just too different between corner and safety do you have to get your best five out there you'd like to I, I, I do think it's a little bit different um, in regards to it, it takes uh, a very specific person especially to play that nickel position um, however I do think he has some of those traits and uh, we'll just see kind of how it plays itself out between corner and safety, like if, if you've got someone that can drop back to safety and you got a lot of depth of corner, do you have to, to try to get him on the field? I think that, that's certainly a possibility, yeah. I think you could absolutely do that. I think there's um, different requirements, I would say, in terms of just coming up and, and fitting some of the runs and just there's different responsibility, totally different position, although they're all classified as defensive backs. I think the job criteria is a little bit different between a corner and a safety and, and even a nickel. Can Douglas do that, and do you, have you considered moving him back there? Yeah, potentially. I think just, um, you know, it's it's trying to find those best five, I guess. Um, we'd sneak that in there. But, uh, yeah, I, we're going to look at everything. We'll look at everything and try to put our best people can make plays and um, if Sewell's one of those guys, I, I certainly know we, we had Sewell obviously in there at the nickel position last year quite a bit. Uh, so he has a really high football IQ and he, he understands, you know, the jobs of really everybody in the back end. But I think it's kind of, um, you know, we'll, we'll see where it goes.
Alexander doing the team today? Uh, no David today. And Ja, we'll, we'll see kind of where he's at when we get out there. Black Gary go tomorrow? That's the plan, but we always know that that's a pretty fluid plan. Matt, is uh, Stokes ready to start doing anything yet? Uh, no, he's not. Will you get time away from the field with Coach Belichick to sit down and walk through things, talk about things, learn, however that works? Nothing's planned as of this moment. Matt, before Samori got here, he had not really done returns in five, six years. What was it that you and Rich saw that made you want to try him out back there? I think we, we go through all the guys, uh, especially some of those skilled players, you know, wideouts, running backs, some of the DBs, um, and you're, you're just trying to find people who have a natural uh, ability to catch the football, and obviously he's got great speed and he can make people miss. So it's just, and, and quite frankly, you're kind of looking at how you round out your roster and where people can bring other value than just their position group. Matt, are, are you counting on um, Bill to do some blitzing in this, you know, uh, practices, or did you talk to him about it? Is that good work for? Jordan. I mean, yeah, yeah, I have no idea what's coming our way. I mean, it's you got to, yeah, you got to be ready for everything, and that's part. That's part of the challenge. But I think it's you get a true indication of kind of where your guys are at in regards to knowing your rules. Um, you know, you watch tape, but any time that you've gone against a defense like this, you, you know, it's a very game plan. You know, predicated defense where they could throw a lot of different things at you, and that is a challenge. Um, but one that, you know, we're excited for, and uh, it, it's great to have that in a practice setting. Is it more likely they'll do some stuff here than they would in the game on Saturday because it's... That's a great question for, for Bill and his crew. I have no idea what, what's coming. Personnel-wise, they could be, you know, they've played with seven DBs before. They could be in dime, nickel, base. I, I really don't know. But, uh, you know, that's why... you. There is a little bit of game plan, I would say, that goes into practices um, in regards to, because you don't want to get out there and just put yourself in a really bad situation, having a play up that you can only run versus like a base defense, and, and they might be a nickel or penny or whatever they're in. So I assume that's good for Jordan, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think, again, it just goes back to how well does he know our offense. It's not just him. It's it's the 11 men out there. Um just trusting your rules and, and playing what you see. Uh, do you plan on having any one-on-ones between the lines? No. Nothing. Have you talked to your guys in light of some of the skirmishes in Cincinnati about holding their water? Yes. Great. You ever seen Peaky Blinders? Of course. You know when Thomas Shelby uh, comes exactly. in and says no fighting? The kitchen scene, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Right, very good. Great show. <laughs> any up-downs for the loser today or backing up? No. What did you think Hanson was last year, you know, before he got injured and just being able to get him back down for this stretch? Yeah, I, I thought he was doing a great job last season. Um, you know, it was an unfortunate injury, and he's missed a, a lot of time. But I think he's he's attacked it the right way and, and doing everything he can to be available. More, please. When it comes to these joint practices, the second set for the second week in a row, what do you want your players to get out of these sets of joint practices for the Patriots? Same thing we do every time we step out on that practice field. It's an opportunity to get better. And it's nice to compete against 
somebody else where you get different looks and you you don't know their personnel quite as well uh, what they like to do and it, it it really challenges you not only physically but mentally Matt, you moved a lot of offensive linemen around to get that versatility. Although it seems like so far, Elton's basically stayed at left guard. Is there a desire to kind of just keep him there now? Uh, yeah, in a perfect world, that's what will happen. But we don't live in a perfect world all the time, and he's got to be ready to go anywhere. And that's that's the beauty of him. I think that he has experience, whether it's playing center or tackle, and um, you can move him all over the place. Thanks, guys. See you out there. There you go. That is Matt LaFleur talking to the media just a little while ago before heading out to uh, heading out to the practice uh, facility or outside with uh, the uh, New England Patriots who are doing the joint practice at Lambeau over at the Rainichke Field today and tomorrow this weekend and uh, they're getting ready for a Saturday night's contest between these two teams. So there you go. Um, there was one question in there that has gotten a lot of response on the live stream and over on Twitter and via emails, that, to two emails that have come in as well. Uh, I want to talk about that when we come back because I think, uh, I think some people are just getting crazy. Uh, so I want to I want to get into that when we return. Uh, this portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at the Social House, H-A-U-S. That is Dan Della's place, him and his wife, Allison. They do a great job. Great. The Tiger Burger over there is awesome. So if you like a little spice to your burger, great thing to do. Uh, that's the Social House. Lisbon Road in Menominee Falls. Uh, always sports on the tubes. And the new renovation, the indoor, the outdoor patio, the garage doors are open. Great place. Stop in and check out the Social House. H-A-U-S. On West Lisbon Road in Menominee Falls. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. show this segment brought to you by our buddy gino and the gang at calderon club downtown milwaukee 838 old world uh, third street and i haven't been down there in a while i gotta get down that way uh, i miss going to uh, san giorgio over to the pizzeria and uh, grabbing the bill michaels or the uh, the san giorgio which both are tremendous pizzas in their own right but i haven't been down there in a while so i gotta get down there maybe we'll see you down there if you're heading that direction 838 old world third street downtown milwaukee the best italian food you're ever, ever going to stick in your grill. So the uh, Matt LaFleur presser, uh, one particular comment in there set off some people. And I, I want to go through this again. The comment about David Bakhtiari, the question was, you know, about David. And he, nope, David will not practice today. And everybody goes off. There's no reason why. David Bakhtiari said he feels great. There's no problems. As a matter of fact, he called Elton Jenkins before training camp even started said, hey, we're going to be the best, the best left side of an offensive line in all of football. Are you ready? Let's do this. He, he's there. He has not had an issue. He has not felt problems as far as we know. Now, Mike Clemens did question as to whether or not David Bakhtiari should, should or should not have been running out of the tunnel on family night because Bakhtiari didn't practice. And usually everybody's on hand for that. And there was a handful of guys that didn't, Bakhtiari being one of them, okay? 
But every time Matt LaFleur says, hey, Bakhtiari's not going to practice, people go crazy. He's, there's something wrong with him. He, he's, he's still not right. He, we don't know. From what I understand and everything we've been told is he's fine. He's fine. They don't – he doesn't need all the reps. He's been there, done that. He's one of, if not the most veteran player they have. Um, but, you know, I, a, a tidbit says, we're never going to honestly know what's really going on. Seriously. Well, if he plays, then who cares? It's just been a very two-year problematic knee that at the end of last season, he didn't have any problems. There was no off-season surgery. There was no off-season rehab. None of that. So they just know there's only so many reps in a guy like that. They want to preserve him for the entire season. That's it. I, I really don't think there's anything more to it than that. If he was a young guy, we would probably be raising some eyebrows. But he's not. Veteran player, last year of his deal, they they want to make sure they get the most out of him. And the whole thing about trading him to the Jets, and I know the Jets have a bad offensive line, but I, I, I'm, if the, if the Jets are willing to, you know, give up a ton, you know, for this go for it mentality, okay, that's fine. But beyond that, yeah, I, you know, I, I personally, I'm, I'm done. I'm 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 done with the Jets. I'm done with the the. Hey, let's send him to to Aaron Rodgers. He'd be happy there. Who cares? Done with it. But this is this is David's last year in Green Bay. We all know that. Yes, I know he's under contract next year, but they're not going to pay that. The out the out money on that, the dead money on that, is a lot less than what the actual salary is. So this is this is his last season in Green Bay. If you look at David Bakhtiari, because David Bakhtiari this year is the highest paid player. But the cap hit next year uh, for his salary is $40.4 million, uh, while the dead cap money would be, if you cut him, would be 19 So you'd actually save yourself $20 bucks going into next season. So most likely it will be his last year in Green Bay. He becomes an unrestricted free agent the year after that anyway. But, but yeah, probably going to cut him next year after this season. Cut them loose. But I don't think there's anything more to it other than the fact that they are just giving the guy as much rest as possible, keep him sharp, and make sure he's ready for the season. That's it. I don't think there's a whole lot more to it than that. Two hours down, two hours yet to go. Stay tuned. 